Hello. Welcome back. I know. Oh my god, it's been so long. It's been so long. It's been so long since I've seen you. I know. We were just talking about that. It's been it's been a, it's a been a minute. That's a different show. Been a really long time. <laughs> it's been a really long time, but we've both been really busy. I, I went to London, um, and I had a great time. And then I immediately came back and moved. Fun. Um, which has been great. And then I got a kitten. I love her. She's so sweet. She's right behind me right now. And she she oh was. Oh my god. We had to She's stop. So we were going to start, and then I was like, I hear cat howling. And so my partner ran upstairs, and she had jumped in the tub that he had just showered in, and so she was wet, and so she couldn't get out. And their other cat wouldn't help oh my God. Wouldn't help her get out, but he did start yelling right. to get attention. He was so just like, get out! Were... You're drowning! <laughs> he, was, he was like, someone come help her. <laughs> So, so my boyfriend did. <laughs> At least someone saved the day. Someone saved the day. What's what? What are we doing? What is this podcast? Well, who are we? This is what is this podcast? This podcast is called After Adult. I'm Rachel. I'm Adrian, and we're doing the final part of the three part summer series, Summer of SVU. Um, it's still summer for it's another still week. still summer so. for another week, so hopefully this will get out before the end of summer. I will do my best. And then, but, you know, just to make sure that we're not leaving you all for an extended period of time, we're also going to, we're going to record twice today. We're recording two, back, two, back. Back to back. They won't be posted back to back. No, though. they will not, because you I just, don't have time for that. You can just, you can just have the warm glow in your heart of knowing that after you finish the summer of SBU series. There won't be a three minute wait or there a three month wait for the next one. Yeah, you can just you can just bask in the glow of that that reassurance. That reassurance. <laughs> Look, it's been a really busy summer. Like two weeks before, yeah. I've traveled internationally. There there was family drama, and then I was gone for ten days, and then it was moving. You've been everywhere, literally I've been doing a lot. On the way back, I upgraded to first class for one of my for my flight from Chicago to Redacted, um, where we live, and so <laughs> um, just so that I could use the first class lounge at O'Hare. Oh my god, that's amazing! It was worth it. And then for the actual flight back, oh Scott, buddy, oh I don't know if you can hear that, but now he is my other cat is really yelling, really screaming. He is screaming. I didn't go anywhere this summer. I did move, though. Oh, I was just going to say that I sat next to uh, next to an old math teacher. Wait, your um, old I, math teacher? Just not any old math. No, just no. an old person who was a math teacher. <laughs> no. Well, she was never my math teacher, but she was notorious at my school. Oh, and okay, she did okay. actually like help with tutoring once. And my she was my brother's old math teacher. And I was and everyone was scared of her, whether she was your teacher or not. So it was, it was, I was on my best behavior because she scares me still. And I'm a 28 year old lady. Oh my God. I, I, I guess there's no possibility that I'll run into any of my old teachers because. Lucky you. I'm not anywhere near them now, but Cause yeah. Cause she, cause she scared me. That's, yeah, that sounds scary. I don't know. I'll meet. But she was, her anger was directed at our flight because she was uh 
she was angry. It got delayed, like, by two hours. So she was way more angry at American Airlines than she Oh, that's ever not that bad, me. flying out of O'Hare, though. Every yeah, time I've ever flown like, out of O'Hare, she, I've had my was, flight, like, delayed to the next day. She was getting back from, like, Greece or something. Okay, and, yeah, that's And then cranky. she was worried about, like, her stuff because she had, like, things packed and she was worried about if they would break or not and... Yeah. So travel's stressful. Travel's no matter who stressful. you are. It is. Especially if you're a scary math teacher. Especially if you're a scary math teacher. Um <sighs> but yeah. Yes. So what so you moved too? I did. Oh yeah. Okay. So I moved and I have a roommate now, which I was very apprehensive about because I haven't I've lived alone for the past like four years. Well, well, unless I was living with a partner, which, yeah. but I mean, aside, from, I've had a lot of experience living alone. But he's cool. Um, yeah. So my roommate's super cool, he's and a like, baby. he's yeah, he's several years younger than me, and he knows yeah. nothing. Aw, if he listens to this, he's gonna be like, "What are they talking about?" He's so nice, though. Yes. He yeah. Just, his name is Sam. His name is Sam. But he's great. He, but he knows nothing. He, he admits to it. That's true. He doesn't know musics. He knows some things. He knows a lot about cars and, and powerlifting. Which is good because I know nothing about cars <laughs> and very little about powerlifting. So really, our friendship makes up yeah. the deficits that we both share. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, having a roommate is super cool. Sam and I, are, we get along very well. We I think we make excellent roommates. We're both equally as like weird as the other in in the ways that count. Um, yeah, and oh, and my cat likes him. Does she? Because I. <laughs> well, okay. So Georgia Binks didn't. She she got to know Sam for like a couple months leading up to us getting our apartment together, but she didn't get to be around him frequently since we weren't like roommates yet. So. The first weekend after we move in, so it's her first time being around this new person for, like, a 24-hour cycle. And Sam said that it was, like, the second day that we were in the apartment. He woke up, and she was, like, a couple inches from his face and just took two steps in and then slowly came, like, put her face up in front of his and just went... Just, like, not a angry hiss, but just, like, a slow, menacing... Like a warning hiss. Like a, I don't know who you are. This is my swamp. But this is my swamp. <laughs> and you better not fuck with me. So I, I I've assigned Sam the duty of feeding her most mornings. Oh, so that they can, yeah. so that he knows, so that Georgia Banks knows that yeah. he is a good person. Yes, and it's working because she's like, oh, this is another human who give food. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Why do all cats, when you give them personas, always have Russian accents. I, I do that with my guests, too. it makes too. sense. <laughs> I, I have a new roommate, too. He's in the other room, living eating his life, food eating really food, and, and playing Mario Kart after doing a hard morning of yard work. So if you hear some noise... If you hear some, like, clicking, leave, it's leave Mario my, Kart. <laughs> leave my boyfriend alone. He's done amazing work today. <laughs> yes. All right. Also, we can't expect people to just not play Mario Kart just because we're podcasting. Like, yeah, that's, that's it's definitely at least equal importance. It is. Okay, so we watched 
episode nine oh. of season 16 of Porn Stars Requiem. Yeah. So this is like one of Law & Order SVU's like rip from the headlines thing. It's based off of Bell Knox. The Duke University the, porn star. The, yes. As far as as far as I know, she was not physically assaulted. No, um, she just. I mean, not that was ever in the headline in that sense. Yeah. So no, we don't she know, was just. But she was just outed and mm-hmm. as a porn star at Duke University, and she was like, "I did it to pay for college, so fuck you." And mm-hmm. now she's gone on. I think they have like a pretty successful career, and. I don't know. I would have to like actually look into that. I haven't seen anything recently with her in it, but I mean, yeah. I'm also not like looking that hard. So what I mostly know about her is that she chose the name Belle because Belle is her favorite Disney princess. That's fantastic. Why not? <laughs> Why not? Right. Mm-hmm. Um. So, like you said, it was episode nine of season sixteen. Um. So the episode starts with, uh, I don't remember Evie, Evie. It's it, on the well, casting couch. Right. It starts with like what's what is Law and Order SVU's attempt at like Cre- a cold. Porn. It's like a cold open that's like a recreated porn movie. Well, you know how it's like you're on the. <sighs> it's like you're just on a casting couch and you're. So it's like a. It, to reference a specific porn site. Studio, yeah. it would be like an opening to like a Bang Bros type scene where the du- it's like a dude holding a camera and he's like talking to the girl from behind the camera and, and he's, he's like, like hey. fairly creepy about it and ha- kind of has like a mildly predatory air about him. <laughs> and Evie, like hey sweetie, Evie, if you've ever seen Dirk Gently's Holistic Detective Agency, yes, plays the sister. Um, if you ever watched any of You're the Worst, she plays the florist in the last season. I'm so glad you mentioned that because I walked, I watched Dirk Gently's... It's too long of a title. I watched that months ago before we watched this Law & Order episode, and I could not think of who... I was like, even re-watching the episode last night, I was like, who is that? Where? I know her. So that's what she's from. There we go. Okay, thank you. She plays... Elijah Wood's sister. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, Fantastic. And, you know, and then we find out that uh, the reason why this cold open porn scene is coming is because they're actually two frat bros who are watching it in the in the frat party. And they're like, holy shit, she's here. Like, they're in or, their dorm room. And they're like, we should invite her to this party tomorrow night, dude. Dude. Because I just watched. I probably have a fresher memory yeah, since I, I just I watched tried, the episode last night. I tried rewatching it. I really did. But I got to this, like, her on the couch, and I was like, I want to watch Four Weddings and a Funeral. Quentin just died. <laughs> Sorry, spoilers for Four Weddings and a Funeral, the Hulu, the Hulu adaptation. I haven't watched it. Oh, there's my first time moving the table accidentally during this recording sesh. Yeah, We're recording you're... at Rachel's new house, so um, there's, like, new things for me to get used to adjusting around such as a different table height so now i have a different table to knock my elbows into while we're recording so start playing your drinking game now to how many times adrian will knock the table yes right now um right now let me know how many drinks or sips or shots whatever you get to at the end and uh you'll win a prize and that prize (laughs) will be of no value but you'll probably enjoy it yeah i mean (laughs) 
I don't know what the prize is, is what that means. Like, I don't know. I'm like, making no promises. It's like, whose line is it anyway? And the points don't matter. Exactly. <laughs> um, and so they invite her to this party, and one of the guys is like, yeah, come upstairs. We'll get you a beer. Cause frat- they have a tub filled with ice they and beer. They invite her to come get a beverage, beer. which she declined in the first place. They were trying to give her vodka. They were like, want a shot? And she's like, no. And then the guy's like, I've got a premium brew in the bathroom. The, like, douchey-looking one. Because there's two guys, and one, they, like... They they clearly told the one to act more, like, sinister. Like, well, he just one is acts sub- more, like... Because one is supposed to be, like, the bad guy, and the other one's supposed right. to be, like, a good guy who things went too Who's far. Who's duped he was, and, like, yeah. He was, you know, it was just guilty, but, but like, uh, whatever. So they go to the bathroom, and they lock her in, and they're like, hey, we should reenact the scene from this... From this movie that you did and she's like no no let me out the fictional porn series that they're referring to throughout this episode um which was the one that evie like the the video that they play Mm -hmm. the you know clip of supposedly at the beginning is the series is called 18 with a bang and so they reference it so many times throughout this episode (sighs) um and so basically you know she she actually does that she like or, I mean, I, said, I was about to say she does the right thing, but I would stop myself because it's like there's no right way to be a victim and there's no right type of victimhood. Right. But, like, she does what, you know, what you hope that you have the guts to do if you're in that situation, well, especially which is she reports when... it. She immediately is like, I need to get tested for the rape kit. I need, like, all of these things need to mm-hmm. happen. And so... To, to backtrack real quick, go ahead. she doesn't want to report it. Oh. She because she's afraid that people will find out that she did adult films. Oh, I thought she had so wanted to report. Her RA notices, like a bunch of people oh, in her dorm shit. notice that she's like really like cuz she has like a like a cut on her lip oh, and like bruises shit. around her eye cuz they roughed her up. And so other people notice and her RA calls the police. And when and when Detective Benson and I think it's what's the other one? They're like the dude, 50. the blonde dude. I don't know, guy. When they it's, we're in, we're, okay. So here's the thing. This we're is, in this season is six. the year 2014. We're, season this is, 2016. We're in season 16. Or season 16. Yeah. Stabler is gone. Munch is retired. The only like sort of original person are Benson and yeah. Finn Tutorola, mm-hmm. played by the you know amazing actor. Ice tea, so mm-hmm. like you. And know. he has the only. I'm not going to say it right now, but he has the only like really great line in this whole episode that I was like, "Yes, someone say it!" But everything okay. else in this episode, I highly have uh, like a lot of criticism for. It. Yeah, there's there's a lot in this episode that's just like, uh... yeah. It, so it I watched this that... with Coco last night. Coco, who's my 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 bay partner. And I just really enjoyed watching his face the whole time because so the first time when you and I watched this episode Uh together, I was like pissed the whole time because there's so much to be mad about. But because I've already like watched it and thought about it, I know we're going to talk about it thoroughly. Yeah, and we already know that this episode I think really highlights again that whole like Law and Order really tries to be like really on like a hot button Mm -hmm. episode, and they want to like 
and they want to send the message, but like they kind of are like real ham fisted about it. Like it's so. This one is the worst. I mean, honestly, it's a terrible. It's so bad. Like I, the whole time I was just like turning to Colin, like looking at his face, and being very entertained by that. It was just like every three seconds he was like. Oh. I think this episode like, we had to pause it. It was really frustrating. If I remember when we watched it together, I think this episode we had to pause it a few times because we were... Yeah. Well, one, we just watched, like, two other episodes of One That's Order. true. This is a lot to watch. And, I mean, honestly, like, this one's a fucking doozy. It I'm kind of glad doozy. that it's the last one we're talking about. Yeah. It a doozy. I need some lip gloss. I don't have my chapstick. My lips feel dry. Okay. <laughs> We wouldn't want that. Um, 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 um. um so where were we in our in our recap? So she, the RA, makes her report. Well, doesn't yeah. make her report it. But yeah, calls the police. Yeah, so um, they kind of convince her to yeah. report it, and then she is like, "Okay, yes." And then it basically just devolves. Like she, you know, they have the two guys. They have, you know, the DNA evidence. They have, you're beaten up. But then, then well, we find she, out. She tells Benson, I think, is the one yeah. she tells directly, that she was like, well, I don't know if... I, I think it's because Benson asks, like, do, do you know, like, why, like, why did they... I don't... She asks, like, if she has an idea of, like, motive or anything, mm-hmm. you know? Which seems like a stupid question, like, since when is motive a factor in any sexual assault? Like... <laughs> I mean... It can be, but I mean, I don't know. That just feels like a weird question to me. Like it's, That's, it, it can often be opportunism. Like it's the ham-fisted nature of yes. law and order, where every crime has a motive because it's a TV show. We need a motive. Yeah, and the motive can't just be ah, she was there. <laughs> um. So she's unless they're unless they're a serial offender. And then the motive isn't just, ah, she was there, but also they're a misogynist. Or also they there have daddy issues. Or yes. also, I mean, it's like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Or, that's very... or also, or also they want to, they want to make sure that their lineage goes on. Oh, God. And that was an episode with John Stamos where, oh, he, God. where he had like 40 different kids. Cause he is fucking stupid, <laughs> but like a John Stamos Law and Order. Okay, that sounds it. hilarious, but awful. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh my god. So Evie's like, well, I don't know. Like, I, you know, she, she, she tells the detective, she's like, I did everything that I knew that I should do. Like, I tried to get them to stop. I wonder if they did it because they saw this video that I did. And the detective's like, oh, what? And she goes, I did a video. So the weird, the thing, one of my biggest criticisms of this episode is that um, Evie's character is, like, very bashful at times. Like, they, they seem to have no consistency at all about how she feels about her own decision to do porn. To do porn, yeah. No, it's she's... like, one second, she's really ashamed of it, and then she's like... When they get to, like, the courthouse scene where she's, like, giving her testimony... It's, she's, like, very strong and very adamant. Like, she even says, sex work is work. Like, it's kind of nuts. Yes. The, the, there's just really no consistency at all. It's, it's like, the whole, they're just throwing in hashtags that they found on Twitter. Like, yeah, it's a whole <laughs> range of emotions, which they don't seem to tie back to her 
having been assaulted, they just tie to her general feeling about sex yeah. work. Yeah. Um, though Evie does follow the trope of um, two, like I think two porn star with a heart of gold, and yeah. um, and also hot girl takes her glasses off and becomes. Oh my even god, hotter. you're right. That's totally what they do. That's so true. Because she does. She takes her glasses off in the first yeah. scene. You're like, oh my god, she's so hot now that she's not wearing glasses. Mm-hmm. They've got to have that like symbolism of like, oh, she's just a college student, and now yeah, oh, take the glasses off. So basically, while they're in court, it's like, oh, well, you know, the lawyer argues that... The the defense or the... The defense. Yeah, the yeah. defense lawyer is like, oh, well, that's another thing in early on mm-hmm. when they're gathering evidence and stuff is the, the defense lawyer for the two boys who committed the sexual assault, di- like, finds all of... E- all of Evie's scenes that she's done and like puts them on a flash drive and brings them to Benson and is like, I think you'll be very entertained and interested to see how prolific she is. Like he's super gross and fucking pervy about it. But that upsets Well that well that episode, the lawyer <laughs> in this episode they'll have like recurring defense lawyers and he's always like the slime the ball. Skeeviest one. Skeeviest Ugh. of them. Gross. Like he he's the slime ball lawyer. But that was that was a bad moment in the episode, and Benson and the SVU detective were like not super pleased because Evie had told them she only ever did one scene, and so there's a lot of interesting kind of back and forth among the team. Yeah, and where it's... like they're not agreeing on like the winnability potentially of her case, and like it's yeah, which it's, is like really cold and calculating. But like mm-hmm. I think that sometimes real law enforcement. And, like, and actual prosecutors do think like that because they're like, is this case actually winnable? And that's Mm -hmm. why you have a lot of either not, they're not going, they they decide not to prosecute or Mm -hmm. there's a lot of, like, settlement deals. Yeah. And that's actually, that exact scene is the one where Ice-T's character has, like, the one line that I like. In this whole thing, because they're talking, it's I can't. I wish I could remember all their names. I kind of stopped there's, watching Law and Order frequently around 2012, so I don't know the newer characters here, let as me, well. Let me pull it up. But it's it's the like the younger detective who's like blonde and got like short hair. I remember his name. If I heard it. I think it starts with a C. Um, but he's like, well blah 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 like why wouldn't she tell us this like what is she hiding how do we know that this was really assault blah 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 and they're talking about how it's going to be hard to prosecute this case so dominic carisi that's yes, carisi. carisi thank you it has yeah. my that has my favorite ada barba mm-hmm. yeah him. yeah um, barba. and then nick oh yeah nick wouldn't have been in this one but um and then amanda rollins mm-hmm. who's yes, the thank you. other female the detective one. and she's like from the south so she's typically more conservative she she does well in this one i mean she definitely seems a little more conservative than benson for sure oh but, yeah no that's her whole character yeah. also she's a gambling addict anyway oh that's funny oh my god um <laughs> but she's she's from the south so she's more conservative and yeah. she's a gambling addict the end yeah. the line i think that ice tea has i don't remember exactly what it is but it's something like everyone else is arguing about evie's case and like 
the validity of her claims when she's consented to do porn in the past. And Ice-T just comes in and he's like, hey, we all know that sex workers don't get treated fairly by the system. And like, but he says it in a way that he's like, you guys need to shut the fuck up. Like, <laughs> well, I wonder. So that was one. I wonder if moment. stuff like that is that Ice-T feels the need to speak up. Because his wife, I mean, she just, I think she just did Playboy modeling and stuff, mm-hmm. but it's like sexy photo shoots. Yeah. So I'm, I mean, iced tea and cocoa mm-hmm. forever. <laughs> you know, but I mean, or it could just be that like, that's the line that they gave him. So whatever. Yeah. But- they, they tried, so they tried to insert some lines, like I said, you know, like during Evie's testimony they try to have characters say things that try to skew it toward being like less negative to sex workers, but ultimately it still doesn't work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, and I mean, we can progress to talking about the next part of the episode. Do you remember how the trial goes and what the outcome is of the trial? Because um, that shit is I know that the lawyer, uh, his name is Buchanan in Mm -hmm. Law and Order, SVU, Mm -hmm. is that, like, rips her apart at, like, Cross. Like, just goes and, and, and then, um... So, can I, can I recap this Yeah, recap it. So, the two, I don't remember the boys' names who were the rapists in this episode, but there's, let's say there's rich, rich, handsome guy and scholarship student okay yes. and they're like best friends and they're roommates mm-hmm. and these and are the which two one and which one do you think is the good guy which one's the bad oh, guy oh, oh. in quotes i put so in reality factually in this episode rich handsome guy is the one who brews the plot to assault evie he convinces his friend to do it with him but does not... Th- this is the where their whole defense is just, like, so fucked and so stupid. But their defense is ultimately, like... At least scholarship students' defense is... He... It was all his idea. He told me that Evie was going to shoot a movie with us. Because that's one thing I don't think we've mentioned yet in the recap. Which is, is that, she that does, it's like, filmed. She does, they it's film themselves and raping her. And also part of the reason why is that... <laughs> She does hardcore stuff. Right. She doesn't do, like, soft... Like, I don't... She does... I mean, it's, like, it's it's stuff that you would see on... Porn oh, site? Yeah. On a porn um, site. <laughs> oh, the, the line you were talking about, because um, I have the Law & Order fandom Wikipedia oh, page. Oh, fantastic. Up, is, um, Finn says, come on, Liv, you know sex workers don't get the benefit of the doubt. And Olivia says... That's not how we go into this, and I don't want to be blindsided again because they just found out that she has done more than just eighteen with a bang. Yes. Yep. That's the line. Mm-hmm. Um. So, yes. So, um, the defense is saying, like, scholarship student guy is is saying, well, it wasn't my idea, and I thought that we were filming a video with her, and because. All of the scenes that we've seen of her, she's saying no the whole time, mm-hmm. and they're very rough. Because that's her, that's her hardcore. Yeah, yeah. That's the type of scene that she mm-hmm. does. They're saying, "Well, we didn't know. Like, I didn't know the difference." And 
apparently he's saying that rich, handsome student tricked him, essentially, because after they're done with Evie, rich, handsome guy's like, hey, you realize we just raped someone. If you tell anyone, like, I'll make sure you get put in jail, essentially. Yeah. Though we don't, again, motivate, like, we don't know, like, why the scholarship kid is, like, on the rich handsome like why are you wanting to i think well they it's very clear from the opening scene that they're roommates in college and so i think that they're just friends by default because they're roommates and they kind of make it seem like scholarship guy is not the brightest and also very like gullible yeah and And just a go along with it kind of person yeah and then basically in the trial and he's remorseful he, the whole time. Like, he breaks down multiple times and is like, I'm really sorry. So they get found guilty, but then in a, you know, reminiscent of Brock Turner, mm-hmm. uh, the judge is like, there is not sufficient evidence for this, and I'm throwing out the guilty verdict. Mm-hmm. Um, but, 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 scholarship student, because he, so essentially in, I'm not good at describing this because I'm not like a very good like legal person, but- Rich, handsome guy, mm-hmm. his family was the one who was going to pay for the lawyer. Mm-hmm. And when scholarship guy got wind of this, because the SVU detectives, like, uh, Carisi kind of got always, to him and was like, hey, out, like, you really want your friend to pay for it? Like, he's going to get a better deal than you, so you should talk. Mm-hmm. So they convinced scholarship kid to talk and to give them the full story, which is different from the story that handsome rapist guy is mm-hmm. giving them. That's a terrible phrase. I'll never use that again. Sorry. Um... But so the scholarship kid, because he makes that plea deal, he actually does end up serving some amount of time. Yeah. It's because at that point he already got his deal. He's not the one on trial anymore. Now it's just handsome guy on trial. So he's handsome guy walks totally fucking free. And he's the one who actually did everything and and was the worst. (laughs) And Evie is devastated. And so later Evie's mom shows up at the precinct with a video that Evie posted, which she says, because I chose to work in porn, two boys raped me. Because the judge didn't believe me, one of my rapists was set free. I didn't choose any of that. My choices were taken away. And now I only have one left. Goodbye. Which is your mess. Sounds your, like a suicide It sounds note. like a suicide. But really, it's just that she's gone back to porn, which is the equivalent of killing herself. Right. And so this final scene is the most upsetting thing to me. And anyone else, if anyone's listening to this who's actually up in the adult industry, like, if if you watch this scene, it's immediately like, this would never happen. It's so frustrating to me. It pissed me off so much. So, so one... Every the, detail of it is just wrong. One, the detectives <laughs> walk in on an open set. right. They just walk in. They just waltz in. They just like, fucking Hi. waltz in there. Like. And then. And, and then even. No one yells like action or anything. Right. No one. No one says stop. Like they just come in. They're like Evie. Hello. And like she's in a robe. Which first of all like. I'm sorry. I've, I've been on very few porn sets where porn actors wear robes. Like. And you're the, fine. Like usually you're just walking around naked. Because it's fine. And then it's like they <laughs> grabbed a mattress. From like a back alley. And then she. Which, that might be accurate, depending on what site they're shooting for. That could be Um, the theme of the scene, so it could look like a real shitty rundown warehouse on purpose. But, like, 
SVU's filming of it seems to suggest that this is just the types of places where porn is typically filmed. So then... Not like billion dollar mansions in the Hollywood Hills, which would be more accurate. So then she... (laughs) So then they're like, no, come on. Barbara's working on an appeal. And she's like, this is the only choice I have left. Pop some pills. And there's With tears in her eyes. Looking like she's literally about to just fucking fall apart. And they're still on set. They're on and a set. Then there's, and and then, behind her, there's a circle of about 15 men who are, like, not naked, but all definitely touching their dicks, waiting for something to happen. And then she, and then oh she drops a robe and steps on the step and steps on the she's set. She's like, you can watch if you want to. Like, she's, I don't remember what the line is. She tells him, she's like, hey, you want to witch? Like, it's just so bad. But, you know... um, Colin had a good point in the very final shot where she, like, walks into this, like, throttle, like, gauntlet of uh men and, like, kneels down. And, like, it's clearly what they're about to film is, like, a blow bang or some kind of, like, a bukkake scene or, like, a gangbang or something. There's, like, 15 dudes and... She just, like, walks into this circle of dudes and kneels down. And after they finished, like, after that shot, Colin was like, wait, that's not how porn's really filmed. Like, they're not, where's the camera? They're all circling around her. Where's the camera to be filming what's going on? There's some really bad lighting. So we were joking that the camera's just mounted in the floor. Like, and it's just, like, an upward angle. (laughs) Like, a circle of dicks. That is some very art house shit. But yeah, it's true. Like the shot that they had of this porn supposedly being filmed was like, there's no way to fit a camera in that scenario anywhere. That's not how anyone would do this. Like, Yeah, no, it's totally for the benefit of Carisi and Rollins so that they can, you know, f- feel sad while they're still standing there as in theory, this is this porn shoot is starting. Like no one. I'm sorry. Like. Fine. There's not a single fucking no porn set's gonna be like. Oh, there are detect. There are police here. We should totally. Fine. Keep We're just gonna keep pretending that no one's here. Like it's so bad. It's so fucking bad. It made me so angry. Oh, and then the fact that like she's clearly emotionally wrecked and, and like she just, popping pills she and just crying. Pills. Yeah. And all the people on set. Like there's like a woman that walks into the frame and like takes Evie's robe from her. Like. Which, first of all, the fact that they're implying that there's some assistant on a porn set who's just there to take your robe. Like, no. <laughs> no. Yeah. Oh, my God. Basically. And, the, and no one checks in. Like, there's not a single person that's like, hey, hey, girl, you okay? Like, nah. It's okay, baby. You don't have to worry about we, we We were, both of us had made our points. So you have to worry about being... You can make noise, it's fine. You can make noise, it's okay. Just to contrast that with actual reality of porn experiences, I was on set when I did... uh, 18 with a bang, sorry. 18 with a bang! I did 18 with a bang! More like 25 with a bang for me, because I was old when I started porn. Bang, bang! Old for porn, at least. Um, So when I filmed my one and only butt sex scene that I did in my porn career... um, it would it you would never know this from watching it because it's very seamlessly edited and handled and everything but it actually took us two different shoot days to do it because so 
I wasn't even like upset or sad. It's just that when we originally had scheduled the shoot, the vibe was off. Mm. I don't know why, but it was me and the male talent and the director. All three of us were like, why does this feel off? Like, are we all just in a weird mood? Like, what's going on here? And so the director was like, you know what? This isn't the vibe that I want. I want y'all to like really be in the moment because both of you seem like, you know, I don't know. Like, like it was you're just, just not in the right headspace. Yeah, it was just weird. I think we both just had like r- weird days or something. It was and the so, Santa Ana wins. There we go. I, I don't remember what time of year this was, but it very well might have been. Um, but that that's what it was like. And no one was even like upset, obviously. It was just like, the vibe's kind of wrong. So we're just going to cancel this and reschedule it. And that costs money to do. And the director was like, we will do that because I want a good product and I want everyone to have a great time and be very comfortable. Right, because do you know what gets you more money? Making something that doesn't suck? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Woo-woo! That's true. Also, have you gotten to the part in Crazy Ex-Girlfriend where the Santa Ana wins? Yes. Hey, it's me. I'm the Santa Ana wins. Thank you for starting it because I couldn't remember the, like, the tune on my own. But it's it's great. You ruined everything, you stupid bitch. <laughs> I need to finish that. I've, I'm very far along, but I'm not oh, actually so finished good. it yet. Um, also, I bought because I can't like find it on. I can't subscribe to like Pop Network. I bought the last season of Shit's Creek. Oh. On iTunes, so if you ever want to like borrow my account and watch that, <clears throat> it's fantastic. I love it. Do. Dave and his boo, they're still together, right? They stay together? Yes. Oh, God. They're so good. That's that's all that really matters to me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You mean you mean gay version of my ex? Which one? The one... I don't want to say his name. I don't think he's the gay version of... But Steve. he looks just... Are you kidding me? No, he doesn't. He literally... Okay, you're just in denial, and I'm sorry that you can't... Get, but... Okay, C's like a meathead. No! Yeah. Oh, my God. But they... The, the head... The face head. It's so... Oh, my God. It's so similar. It's not. It's so weird. Whenever I watch Shit's Creek, I'm like, I'm looking at the gay version of my ex-boyfriend. You're not. Thanks for validating me, Rachel. You're welcome. <laughs> stupid baby. <laughs> All right. Oh. So, so we've recapped the episode. So we've recapped guess, the yeah. episode. We've recapped that garbage. But basically, oh. this episode really gets at, like... It's a fucking dumpster fire. It's a dumpster fire. But it really sort of highlights... Um, the issues with rape culture, purity culture, and both mm-hmm. of those things when you think about sex work. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like, I think one of the... Oh, and how... And it also highlights how people who write scripts for SVU and probably most other mainstream TV shows, movies, etc., everything, have, like, no idea what actually goes on in the adult industry. Yeah. And, and no... Fact, there's as far as factual factual information about the industry in this episode. There's a point where they say, because um, in the episode Evie goes to college at a fictional Hudson University in New York. Yeah, that is fictional, right? Yeah. Yes. Right. Okay. I believe so. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she ends up also, she ends up being kicked out of school. She gets, she does. Yeah. She gets expelled, which is ridiculous. And there's like a whole thing with the university president where they're implying that like, you know, so they also even bring the campus like response to assault in a little bit and criticize that a bit as well. Uh Which I think they do a fair piece of doing that because that's like Benson's thing that she goes to and talks to the principal and is like, what the fuck? Yeah. Um, but yeah, so what was I? I just literally lost my train of thought. Um, oh, I was going to say that there's a point where um, Ice-T's character is like, she's she. this is after her, what they imply or make you think is like a suicide note that her mm-hmm. mom finds and brings it to, to the detectives. And they're like, she must have gone to New Hampshire because that's where she filmed all of her other porn scenes. Is New Hampshire like the East Coast Silicon Valley? So, but that's what they say. Or like, that's what they imply. They're like, she went to New Hampshire because it's the only place left where you can legally shoot porn without a condom, which is completely untrue. Like, it doesn't... So, actually, what they meant, I think, is that New Hampshire is one of the only places with a pretty clearly written free speech law that would leave room for something like porn production to be pretty safe to create. Interesting. So, but that's not the only, like, people still shoot tons of porn in other states without condoms. Yeah, like, there was that, there was that gay porn star who literally, he did a whole series where he banged in every state. Yeah. It, I mean, you can shoot porn wherever the fuck you want. It's not illegal to shoot porn. I mean, I'm sure in some states there are. Don't, I don't know exactly which ones. I mean, I'm sure it depends on, like. it falls under free speech everywhere. Like. Yeah. There's no federal law preventing anyone from filming porn. It's totally fine. <laughs> not yet. What? I said not yet. Oh, yeah, not yet there isn't. I mean, with Sesta Fosta, it's just about there. Which, oh my god, we gotta... We're, I have so many things to say about that in our next episode. It's very relevant to my life. Yeah, but... More so than it was before. <laughs> So they keep on, but they keep, something that keeps on coming up in the episode is like, you know, like they, they adamantly go like, okay, she didn't deserve it, Mm -hmm. but like she didn't deserve, but Mm -hmm. like, you know, the but is that like, you know, she did all this hardcore stuff. Right. And well, like, in the show, they identify these porn scenes that Evie was in as specifically rape fantasy scenarios. That's the terminology they use. Mm-hmm. They say that the websites where these scenes appear are tagged with rape fantasy. And they play, like, clips from them. Obviously, SFW, Law & Order type clips, Safer Network TV. But um, they they make it obvious that, like, in the scenes that she shot... There are parallels with, like, she's saying no, she's resisting, like, you know. And they and they ask her about it, and she says, yes, but those were scripted. I was playing a character. It was a fantasy scenario. I was treated with respect on set. My boundaries were respected, and I was paid fairly. Yeah, and I think at one point she's like, how could you be so stupid as to think that I would agree to it? In a bathroom with a cell phone camera. It's like, I've done real shoots with real directors and real producers and mm-hmm. real actual equipment. 
Right. Why would I suddenly be like downgrading to do some home video? Right. Which is where, of course, the defense lawyer like is just the worst asshole to her during the tr- the trial. He basically illustrates these parallels between the scenes she's filmed and the video that the boys shot of the assault. And then he says like, well, so what you're saying is just that the only difference here is that you didn't get paid for this one. And that's the only thing that makes it not okay. So do you want them to pay you now? Like, it's just so gross. There's also so many parallels in that the trial scene and like the way that they talk to Evie like leading up to mm-hmm. the trial that parallel my own experience with I was having been ask, assaulted and was, and that also on another level just fucking pisses me off I was I was going to ask like you know did you ever have like a partner think you were into something or like or just in general like mm-hmm. someone just think you were into something because of a scene that you did um n- no no. I mean, I guess the difference is also, like, like most of the scenes you did. It's not like you weren't into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. I mean, I've had partners who were concerned about their own standing with me, you know, because of something they saw me do on film. They're like, well, is, are you more into that? Like, am I, am I enough for you now? And <laughs> Rachel's making a, the universal mime symbol for dick size right now. (laughs) I'm not specifically referring to penis size, although that can be a factor. Like, but no, like, like, so for example, someone that I dated had seen a a very, very rough, like bondage Mm -hmm. scene that I did and then didn't realize, I guess, that that was the type of scene I did because I had said mm-hmm. truthfully because I I never actually did a gangbang scene right. in porn and the person that I dated had asked point blank at one point prior have you ever done that and I said no I've never done that in porn and then he ended up finding this bondage scene I did where there were a lot of people involved because the whole thing was supposed to be like a public bondage mm-hmm. scenario but I wasn't being sexual with all the people. It, I was only having sex with one person in that scene. But he, like, saw that and interpreted it as a gangbanging. So that was, like, a weird miscommunication where it was like, oh, you lied to me. You said you didn't ever do this. And I was like, no, I didn't actually do that. This is us having a different definition because I've actually can worked I, in that industry. Can I guess which X it was? Guess that X. Oh, my God. Uh, are you going to give me an initial when you guess? or Was it D? No. Was it, um, do you know? No. It was C? Yeah. Whoa. I know. <laughs> um, yeah, so there's that. But now the, the thing that reminded me the most is I haven't really talked about, we're gonna, this is going to get heavy for a second, I guess. Yeah. But I mean, SVU, so it is. Um, but when I was assaulted years ago, I mean, this such a long time ago now. Um, it was before I was in the porn industry and I was 18 years old. Yeah, I was like 18 and a half. Um, but (sighs) the thing with Evie's, um, so it's like when, when Evie first 
I don't like, I don't want to say confess. When she first informs mm-hmm. the detectives that she had done porn in the past, she follows it up immediately by saying, oh, but I'm not a slut or anything, though. Yeah. <laughs> Which I can't tell if they wrote her character, if they wrote that line for her character, because her character is genuinely saying that in the moment. Like, that's her mm-hmm. reaction. is like, I don't want them to think I'm a slut. I need to say this. Or if they wrote that line in because they cleverly know that she would feel the need to to say does that make sense like the difference for her actually believing that yeah i don't and and just saying something that she thinks the detectives would want to hear yeah i don't that might make her seem less rapable i guess i don't feel like the the creators and the uh people of Law and Order SVU should get that much credit. Yeah, I think that's probably too much credit. I think, yeah, I think that's a little bit too much credit for them. They chose someone who was, like, a petite brunette yeah. who, like, looks younger because they want you to sympathize with her. Like, yeah, there's a lot of true. things that go into it, but they never really give people, like, too much character unless you're, you know, a season regular. Yeah, okay, that then makes sense. Then you get fun things, like... Amanda Rollins being a gambling addict <laughs> and uh, a conservative because she's from the South. Oh, also she's a widow. Oh, okay. That that's a what a what a grab bag of qualities. Yeah. Um, I like yeah, to so, think I like to think that they have like when they're creating characters who are going to be like on the show for long term, mm-hmm. they just have like like three different dartboards. Oh my god! And it's like background flaws. And like, and then like some other rant and like just a random thing, and so they just like throw it down at the board, mm-hmm. and they're like, "This character is going to be, um, <laughs> she's going to have ha- be taking care of her little sister, and she also throws another dart, um, has a dark past where she, um." Got married when she was really young. And then they throw another dart and also she like and she also she's a competitive eater. Rescues racehorses. Yeah, or rescues <laughs> just like just some random just some random shit and that's what oh they God, I feel like they do. Eater. I feel like that's what they do for their oh, Jesus. for the characters who the you know, the detectives and the ADAs, they're just like throw throw some darts. Yeah. It board. does seem a little bit randomized. So I guess what I'm trying to get at here is this underlying message of purity culture that's kind of a part of this episode, but not criticized at all. No. It's just, it's like inherently there and they don't make any effort to like poke a hole in it and be like, this is fucked up and wrong. Yeah. And then also at the end, equating like one, so a gangbanger like Bukaki, like that's a that's a hardcore scene. Mm-hmm. Like it is not I was about to say not for amateurs. But it's not something you associate with like um with like the normal the normal I guess um spectrum of sexual acts. Like I guess mm-hmm. someone would be like, oh that's a little bit sexually deviant. Mm-hmm. Um so the fact that her life is over Yeah. Her only choice now is to, I guess, become a sexual object. Right. Which is clearly... And and also that swing from, like, her just, like, talking about how 
porn empowers her and like you know it, it, it gave her the ability to pay off her tuition and like all these things that she says that are very positive about how empowered she feels right and then this guy doesn't go to jail for rape and like her life is now over it's like none of that matters that is a like a weird thing that i mean i mean of course she would yeah. be upset but that just seems a little like yeah i mean and also it it wouldn't have mattered whether she did porn or not. it doesn't matter whether you know like your life isn't over mm-hmm. after an assault yeah so it's weird that Lorna's view, which can sometimes actually have like very nuanced mm-hmm. opinions and like the actual actors themselves do a lot of advocacy about that. Yeah. Decided to take this role. Well, her life's actually over. It's yeah. She even said when in that final scene, when they find her on set, she says, as she's popping the pills into her mouth that we have to believe are like Xanax or something, I guess. Uh, the law and order, Wikipedia fandom page says they were quaaludes. Where? How did she? What? All right, I'm not gonna ask any questions. That's well. Aren't those hard to find? Like, well, porn is like a seedy industry, so they probably have like an onset doctor who's just like, oh, you need quaaludes. Let me yeah just write a prescription exactly from his prescription pad for that was he saved from 1960 because that's yeah. probably about how old all the quaaludes left on Earth are, but. <laughs> yeah, I can't tell you how many times I've been on a porn set and someone's like, hey, want some lewds? Like, <laughs> it's just like like that one scene in Almost Famous all the time. Everything, all the time. I've never seen Almost Famous. Um, it's an okay movie. That's, that's Is that the one that I thought it was really cool to, when I was like 15. Is that the one my the mom best. wants to watch or is that the one with Kate Hudson? It's the one with Kate and, Hudson and, oh, and I have Patrick seen, Fugit. I have seen Almost Famous, yeah. actually. I'm just kidding. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I it was, I'm like, TNT or something. It probably was. It so probably it was, was edited for TV. Yeah. Yeah, there's a scene where she overdoses on quaaludes in the bathtub. Um, yeah, so <laughs> definitely got to put a trigger warning at the beginning of this episode. So the thing that really kind of hit home with me when I was watching this episode and kind of feeling like all this underlying shit about purity culture and how Evie's character feels the need to lie about how many porn scenes she did and then, you know, is so angered rightfully by one of her rapists being set free completely is like, so backtrack all the way back to young Adrian at 18 and a half years old before I ever did porn. Um, I, that, that fall when I was 18 and a half years old, I was dating my first, like, kind of real boyfriend at the time. I'd never, like, really been in, like, a relationship where I, like, went on dates with someone and really liked them. And that ended up being my first time that I had sex with someone. And I was really into this guy. And I had sex with him for the first time. And it was wonderful. And he's... I have talked to him and said, like, hey, what's up recently? And he's, like, still a fantastic person. So... That was a great experience. Followed by... Literally, like, ten days later is when I was raped. And when I was talking to... Because I did attempt to press charges and, like, all this stuff. Had a rape kit done at the hospital. It wasn't by that 
same partner. Correct. No, it was, yeah. Oh, yeah. Thank you to clarify. Um, it was someone else. It was a coworker at the time who um, was my assaulter. I don't like saying my rapist. That sounds so. I'm like it's I don't. So, I'm like I don't want to. Oh, it's he's not mine. Like, yeah, <laughs> I don't want him. You, you, you're like actually throw him in the garbage. Yeah, like he's, I don't. I don't he belongs to the trash. Okay, he so. belongs to the trash. And you know, at the end of the day, that creates a narrative where he's important to who you are. Right. Where it's in fact the exact opposite. Yeah. I appreciate that. Um, but yeah, so the purity culture, which I, did, I wasn't even really raised in purity culture, at least no more than like what you generally absorb from living in this country and, well, and you especially at the time, in the South, in like Texas. Say, I was going to say at the time you lived in Texas. Yes. So I it was around me for sure, but it's not like I was raised in the church I was not raised by a family who like told me every day like ah you know like I didn't have a purity ring I didn't go to a daddy daughter ball ball. like so I wasn't raised deeply in purity culture but of course inherently I absorb some of it because we all do it's like unavoidable and I mean it's unavoidable when you have a sex education system that doesn't exist that doesn't exist (laughs) that or that or that just claims that abstinence is Jesus Christ. I'm going to, one of the things I'm going to link to in the show notes for this episode is um, a sex educator that I follow on Instagram and I repost her stuff sometimes because she's fantastic, but she does a lot of discussion about purity culture and how harmful it is. And it's, I, she's fantastic. Her name is Erica. So I'll post a link to her profile and everyone should follow her and like listen to what she says because she's amazing and super smart. Um, But yeah, so I had the misfortune of experiencing sexual assault like less than two weeks after I had consensual sex for the first time and enjoyed that Mm -hmm. experience. And I, I lied to my parents. I, I mean, because of course the detectives ask all these really personal questions when they're investigating it. And in my 18 and a half year old brain, I was like, I cannot tell them that I just had sex for the first time with my boyfriend consensually two weeks ago because they won't believe that I was that raped then, by this other person. Yeah. So how fucked up is that? <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, that's the other thing. And it's like to this so, day, as far as I know, my parents still don't know that I ever had sex with that boy that I dated mm-hmm. before the rape occurred. Like they, have, it doesn't matter now no. that they know or don't. It doesn't fucking matter. But when I think back on that, I'm still like. Poor fucking child. Like I know, and that's the thing. And the fact that that's inherently what I understood to be important in our culture. And that's also like she, the the character that she's portraying is supposed to be around that age. Like she did this shoot. Like she's like nineteen or Mm -hmm. twenty, and you still there's so much to learn. Mm -hmm. Still, like I'm twenty eight, and I still have so much to learn. But you know, it's it's just. It just kind of breaks your yeah. heart that that's the way that it's you're supposed to feel yeah. and think at 18. Like, and then the fact that there are tons of adults around you, like in the episode, for example, the defense lawyer, mm-hmm. obviously the two rapists. Um, who just confirmed There are people you're all over who continually reinforce this narrative that yeah. like, oh, well, she was sexual once, so... 
you know, yeah. who's to really say that her no this time really meant no? That's literally the words that the judge right. uses, by the way, when he overturns the jury's verdict. Man, it makes me feel so... Like, like the first time that I had sex, like, I... Two weeks out, like, I told my mom, like, I just couldn't keep it to myself anymore, mm-hmm. like, I... Because we shared... We shared everything, and so... I told her, and she was like, I'm just so happy that your first time was with someone, like, you know, you love and you trust a lot. Aw, that's so sweet. I know, it's it's just, like, I never grew up with any, at least, like, in my household. It mm-hmm. was pretty much the exact opposite. It was never, you know, my dad that's never good. joked about, like, having, like... Having a shotgun Having a ready. shotgun at the ready or, like, you know, yeah. any of that sort of thing. It was just, you know, they treated me like... I was the person. Imagine that. Kind of. <laughs> uh, I didn't have any, like, normal dating experiences, really, in, in high school. Yeah. So, like, I didn't, I don't know how my parents would have reacted to anything. I mean, if I had gone on, like, one date in high school, maybe I'd have a story about that. But I, I don't really. I don't know. I went on dates in high school, and they were just, they were fine. Yeah. The only time that my dad got, like, a little weird was when I went on a date as a sophomore. <laughs> and uh, my dad had just gotten a new car, and he had picked us he'd picked us up from the movies. Mm-hmm. And my date at the time was like, this is a really nice car. If you notice it's missing, you know, don't come looking for me. Oh, my God. His sister is now one of my best friends. Oh my god, that's really funny. I think thing about to say. that. I think about that all the time. I was like mortified. Oh my god. All the time. I think about it all the time. <laughs> that's such a weird thing to say. He, we Especially were both, if we were you're getting picked awkward. up, you're not old enough to drive a car yourself. You we were both so. awkward fifteen-year-olds, man. Oh my god, that's yeah. Yeah, I don't miss being that age at all. When I was fifteen, I was. I constantly replayed every single word that came out of my mouth back and was like, was that, did, did that do, ooh, did, was I that okay? Still, Am I, do they I think I'm dumb? Do they do think that. I'm cool? Do they, th- oh, what did I, why did I say that? They probably think I'm dumb. Man, I probably shouldn't have said, why did I say that in that weird voice? Am I talking too much? Like, do this I is have my- too much vocal fry oh in my, my voice? God. Yes. And of course, at the time, I didn't realize that what that was, was anxiety. Just constant ruminating. Constant. And your brain doesn't fucking shut up. Anxiety. Brought to you by anxiety. (laughs) That feeling when you can't go to sleep at night, but you don't know why. Anxiety. (laughs) You can keep going. That feeling when you get in the car and you're around the block, but you need to go check if your oven is off when you didn't even use it that morning. That feeling when you know there's something you need to be doing, but there's too many things you need to be doing and you can't really keep track of all of them all at once. And even you can't even just think of one thing. So you just do nothing and freeze. Anxiety. (laughs) (laughs) I'm getting anxiety thinking about anxiety. (laughs) Anxiety. That's so true. Um, 
that feeling when you're watching a Law & Order SVU episode that's several years old and it's really too late to go back and do anything to change it, but still, all you want to do is just change the fucking script. Anxiety. I do that anyway. It doesn't matter what I'm watching. <laughs> I just I just script doctor it like, as I'm watching it. I'm just like, actually, this is what I would have done. Mm-hmm. My friend and I were just talking about it because we, we watched the fourth season of Veronica Mars mm-hmm. um, like two weekends ago. We binged it. And we were like, this is how I would have done season two and season three. Because season two and season three were not as good as the first season and not as good as the fourth season. But so I do that all the time. Even with shows I like that don't give me anxiety. Mm-hmm. Like, this is how I would have done it. It's hard to not, honestly. I'm smarter than all the other screenwriters uh, in Hollywood. Clearly. <laughs> and I'm a better storyteller. Yeah. I know best. Yeah. All you need <laughs> to do is just do it. All I need is for someone to give me a ton of money so that I can make and write my own script. Mm-hmm. And just prove to them all yeah. that you're way better at it way than better. they are. And... Teach me how to write a script. Yeah. Duh. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> how hard could it really be? I mean, like... Just words on a page, man. Literally. Yeah. We're doing it right now, essentially. We're... Are we writing a script or are we flipping the script? <gasps> oh! 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 <laughs> oh <my God>. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so... Um, oh, Lord. If you feel like watching this episode again, it's season 16, episode 9. Although if you're even remotely in a bad mood or like, you know. If you're in a good mood, don't watch it. If you're in a bad mood, don't watch it. Probably don't watch it. If you are in the, if you're in, if you want to watch like a serious, like you're like, I'm in the mood for something serious. Mm -hmm. Mommy Dearest is now on Hulu too. So watch that. I mean, here's, here's, (laughs) I watched this SVU episode for the second time last night. And I, it was fine. I wasn't as angered by it as I did. So maybe if you're going to watch this, what you need to do is watch it twice. And then on the second watch, you need to be... Um, with your friends. Watching it with someone that whose company you enjoy and feel comfortable with. Drinking. Have a great beer on hand, which have is what beer. I did last night. And have maybe, an edible if you're in a state where that's Yeah, that's the other thing. Like, just a tiny bit of weed, but not enough that you're high. Only, just a, ti- just a, only, just a relaxation amount of weed. Only where it's legal, friends. We would never advocate to do something so yeah. illegal. Yeah, it's so atrocious. Wow. Uh-huh. I can't believe it. Or <laughs> if you, or if you, I don't know. Watch like the millions of other good content. Yeah. To be. Yeah. If you like, true. if you feel like being angry, but you also want to like have a laugh, watch uh, Hassan Minaj's show on Netflix. <gasps> you know, it's so good. It's both. It's both feels. It's very hard to process. Yeah. If be you angry and laughing, watch the episode about Supremes. Okay. I haven't, but I will. You know, it's just it's a lighter topic, so you don't need to. Yeah. Or the episode about cricket. Okay. Ooh. It's a great episode. What? Like, can we start with what the fuck is cricket? Cricket is a game. It's like baseball. Right? So, uh, not really. Mm-hmm. Kind of. It's sort of like baseball in that you do hit a ball with a bat. Okay. Well, that sounds 
It's another one of those honestly games, boring because all sports balls. Like, it's another me, one of those games that was invented so that the British upper class could like understand the game but so the lower class wouldn't like the scoring oh system in tennis yeah uh, so yeah um our next episode which we're uh, gonna take a break and then record Yee-hee. um it's gonna be on a very special topic special a topic special <laughs> normally we would tell you what the topic is so that we could, you know, if you had questions or... But one, we're recording it right now in, like, I guess 30 minutes. Give everyone time to, like, drink some water. Yeah. You know, I have to, to pee really bad. <laughs> um, but it's a... It's gonna be... You're gonna like it. Un topico especial. Um, that is not the correct phrase if I'm trying to speak Spanish. But I'm, I don't remember very much. Also, if you go over to a very special Reddit page, which will be in the show notes. Yes. Series Reddit page. Yeah. It's literally just r slash Siri porn star. But if you go there, be prepared to see a lot of NSFW stuff because I didn't start the subreddit. It was fan started. Mm -hmm. So it's... And full now, of porn. <laughs> and now it, and now we interact with it. But also, yes. if we get yeah. to fifty k on that, we're gonna do mm-hmm. an AMA, and we'll do a special podcast AMA where we'll choose all our, yeah. our favorite ones and maybe expand on the topics that mm-hmm. the questions are about. Um, and I'll open up the AMA for the podcast to like I'll post on it on, on our Instagram and stuff too, which is mm-hmm. at After Adult on Instagram and After Adult Pod on Twitter. So for anyone who is a fan of the podcast and listening to the podcast but isn't super keen on going to um, my porn subreddit, <laughs> you can also just tweet or send us a DM on Instagram or email afteradult at protonmail.com. Yeah. And you can send us questions that way too. Or just send us really funny Reddit So some threads. people listening to this are like family members who probably don't want to go to the Reddit page, which is very understandable. Yeah. So you don't or, have to do it that way. Yeah. Feel free to just send us funny images. Mm-hmm. No dick pics, please. Um, Correct. Dick pics should never be unsolicited. Um, but feel free to send us pictures of your cats. I good, love cat photos. Good ask a manager questions. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Good am I the asshole thread on Reddit. That's a good one. Oh, my God. I also like... Best just, of legal advice. I also like is just it, no mother-in-law on, oh, on Reddit. To, okay. It gets Look cray over there. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so thanks so much for listening to our very special summer series, Law and Order SVU, or the summer of SVU. Um we hope you enjoyed it. We didn't really. No, not really. Not so much. You know so what? Much. I was still thinking. I'm still going to watch Law and Order SVU T- when yeah. it comes back on. Same, but TBH, 22. I'm glad that we're done watching but these three I'm glad episodes. we're done talking about it. If there's something that you think that we should watch and then talk about that's related to porn, mm-hmm. please tell us what you think. We are... The only thing that we have to have on reserve is that movie with... Boogie Nights. We We're not doing anything Boogie Nights no until boogie we get a thousand nights. reviews on iTunes. Until we get a thousand, and then my mom will come on and watch Boogie yes, Nights with yes, us and yes, talk yes. to us about it and yeah. talk about 
her views on porn. I know that y'all want to know Rachel's mom's feels about boogie nights and And porn. porn. All right. Thanks. Dun dun. (laughs) Ha 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 ha